Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleeping rivalry in baseball. Hosted by Mr. Patrick Trotty, covering the Boston Red Sox, and Chris, covering the New York Yankees. And remember, you could catch us on Spotify, Apple, Google, and now you could catch us on Amazon. Um, and remember, you could also catch us on Sportswire Radio at sportsinarium.com backslash player. And you could follow the station manager there, Mr. Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017 for all the scheduling for our show and other great shows as well. So, Patrick, what's going on? It's going. Another week's <laughs> in the books. Seems like both our teams are just, you know, chugging along in a pretty good clip. Yeah. You guys have heated up. You're back to, say, normal. Two in the last 10. And yeah. um, we're still, and we're losing ground. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's that's my that's my theme for today. That you know, you guys have to stop winning so much. Well, you, you can't possibly play at this clip the whole year, can you? No, there's no way we're winning a hundred and what they say we're on a a thing to go a hundred. I think win 119 games or something. Oof. No way that's going to happen. They're going to slow down, and the next couple of weeks we'll uh, hopefully we don't, but. Next couple of weeks, we got Houston, we got Tampa Bay. So, um, yeah, we got some tough games. So hopefully it'll uh, not hopefully, but we'll see how our team does. Um, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And you know what? For a team like Boston, you guys fought back, and you know you're in the wild card now. And now you you know you're trying to gain. Forget about the Yankees, even Tampa or the or Toronto, right? Yeah, Tampa. Tampa's got a three and a half game lead on the Red Sox and Toronto's four full games ahead. And um, it's, you know, it's starting to shake out the rest of the league. But, I mean, yeah. the two hottest teams right now in the American League are, are the Yankees and, and the Red Sox. And I, I'm assuming from afar, I'm assuming that the Yankees, you know, everything's just working right. But what what specifically is – has been going on this past week as far as, you know, what's going well, what's not. I would say what's going well is what's been going well, right? Judge is basically carrying this team. Um, it seems like every game he's hitting a home run. He's up to, what, 24 now? Um, he had a couple the other day. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's just – Judge has just been on fire. The only thing I'm worried about is what happens when he slows down is that going to slow down the whole team? You know, because uh, the the guys that haven't been hitting are still not hitting, you know? Yeah. Hicks is still not hitting. You know, he had that one big game against Minnesota, and now he's back to, you know, what he was before that game. Uh, Gallo, uh, when he's batting ninth, you know, they've had him batting ninth, playing right field. He seems to be hitting the last few days, few games, I should say. So maybe he's starting to break out. Um, Donaldson is still hasn't gotten into gear as well. Um, but uh, the rest of the team, you know, you just can't complain. Uh, Torres is back to being what he was a couple of years ago before they switched him to short. Um, uh, you know, like you, you just shake your head because it's like, they're just, they just keep winning. They keep finding ways to win games. Uh, the other night, for example, the, the Thursday night game where Cole was pitching to, to go for the sweep against Minnesota um, I mean, to go for the um, to go for the series win, excuse me, against Minnesota. And um, 
Cole came out and gave up what five home runs in that game, but they came back and won that game 10 seven. Yeah. I saw that first two innings and I was like, all right, here's the game. <laughs> Things are happening. Things are happening. And I, I think I talked to you later on. I'm like, what's the score? You know, is it over yet? And uh, they're back in it and they win. And it's, seems like next man up for them. Yeah. And then they finished off with, with Chicago, which, you know, Chicago is just a mess of a team. They, they just don't look good at all the Cubs um, making errors. Pitching is, is atrocious. Uh, Friday night we had, you know, they, they pitched well and they, they hung in there with us, but we still wanted in um, extras, but um, Sunday was embarrassing for the Cubs. I mean, we won 18 to four. Um, that's, that's just horrible. That might've been the slowest pitch I've ever seen in yeah. major league history. That's yeah. what was it? 35 miles an hour. Then home yeah, run something pitch? like that. Yeah. I think you, know, you could throw faster than that. 35 miles an hour. I know. Oh my God. That was, um, that, that's like a no win if you're, if you're batting. Yeah. Because if you hit a home run, okay, you're supposed to, you're supposed to hit it. Right. But if you don't, you strike out. How do you go back to this, to, to your teammates and like, oh, guess this changeup's working today. Yeah. And I tell you, watching that, the, the twin series, the twins look good, but I'm looking at them. I'm still like, I still don't see a team that should be, you know, being first in their division. I don't think no. they don't look that good, right? Their pitching to me is not that impressive. Lineup is pretty good. I give them that really good lineup actually, but I don't see that good of a team. That just shows you how bad I think the White Sox are playing that yeah. they're just, you know, that Minnesota is in first in that division. I don't think, I, I don't believe anybody had anybody, but the White Sox winning that division this year. Yeah. I mean, and we'll get into it when we look around the league, but it's like, yeah, that, that division is, uh, I, Cleveland's starting to make a run. They're right behind the Red Sox in the wild card standings. But I think every, I think nine out of 10 people probably had the White Sox winning that division. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think anybody had a shot to take them over in that division, but you know, here we are and, and they're still struggling, but um, you know, just, just getting back to the Yankees. I mean, they're on cruise control, more or less, um, you know, and they pick up Matt Carpenter a couple of weeks ago, and he's just hitting home runs whenever he plays. You know, he's got six home runs now and, what, 24 at-bats for them? Wow. It's ridiculous, you know, like even – and here's the thing with the Yankees, and I'm sure that they're obviously taking advantage of it. They have the luxury of waiting to see if Hicks finally breaks out or if Gallo finally breaks out or if Donaldson breaks out or if um, Higgy finally starts hitting because they're just winning games without any production from those guys. You know, Gallo, yeah. like I said, had the good game against Minnesota in the comeback win. So did Hicks. Uh, but other than that, I mean, Gallo is showing some life. Uh, he's still batting 188. Uh, I'm sorry. I know people say average don't count, but um, yeah, it, it counts when you're batting 188. You know, and your slugging is only 364 for a guy that's, uh, you know, used to hitting about 40 home runs a year, you know, and um, and Hicks, he's batting 226. His slugging is 271. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. He's got three extra base hits in 155 at bats. Yes, that's not that's you can't keep that up. No, but again, they have this luxury that. 
they're they're just winning games even without a third of their lineup doing much for them. And they're kind of like, all right, you know, like there's no rush. Like imagine if they were playing 500 with these guys playing bad. I think there would oh, be, be an urgency. Play. There would be. Yeah, I think um, a big move would have happened. Yeah. But <laughs> so, I mean, with Donaldson, have you noticed the, the difference? Not that he's much better than Urshela defensively, but I guess with him and IKF and all the different additions, I think I saw a stat where the Yankees were one of the better defensive runs saved team so yeah. far this year. Yep. So at least Donaldson is producing defensively. Yeah, he's got a really good glove. I think people were like, oh, we're going to take a step back. You know, Gio was so good at third. Listen, Donaldson, I don't know if he's better or what, but he is just as good as Gio at third. He is really good at third. Good glove. He's not going to lose your games over there. That's for sure. And IKF, you know, he's been pretty solid at short. I know some people are, you know, like, oh, you know, he's supposed to be this gold glove shortstop. But again, he won the gold glove at third base, not at shortstop when he won it. So, um I think he's, I think he's, listen, he's good enough at short, you know? Yeah. Every, every fan wants, you know, an all-star at every position. And of course, shortstop, you know, <laughs> we were, uh, we were luckily blessed for almost 20 years of uh, Derek Jeter at short. So, but um, the bigger thing is he moves, he moved Torres back to his position. Yes. And then everything was, kind of gets better. Yeah. Torres has been very good at second in the field. And of course now, with the bat, you could see the powers coming back that he had a couple of years ago. He's up to 12 home runs already. So, um, and Rizzo is, is so good at first, the glove. Outfield, as bad as Gallo is in the bat, he's the total opposite in the field. Very good glove, you know, and, and Judge playing center. He played center in college, so this is nothing for him. And he seems to be the starting center fielder now for the Yankees. I don't think he's a starting right fielder anymore. Um, I think, you know, right field is where you're going to move Gallo and, and Stanton when he plays and left field would be Hicks. And I still think in a couple of weeks, three weeks, whatever it's going to be, there's going to be an, an outfielder added to this team somewhere. Um, I don't know what they're going to do, whether it's going to be trading Gallo or trading Hicks or bringing someone up. Something's going to happen because I, you know, you just can't keep on running these guys out batting 188, 226. Eventually, it's going to catch up because I think. Yeah, if you have one guy batting like 220. Yeah, you can take him, you know. But you can't have multiple, especially. Yeah, I. but like you said it best, as long as the Yankees keep on winning, you can kind of kick that can down the road. But eventually, things are going to have to happen. Something's going to have to change. Yeah, like there's no right now. There's no urgency. But right. if they, like I said earlier, if they were playing, you know, 500 or much worse now, or if it was a, a closer race, yeah, then they'd be like, all right, you know, we got to do something. But right now, it's just whatever Judge does and um, and Stanton. You know, these guys are just hitting, so it's fine. Torres is playing great. Rizzo, he's only batting 219, but at least he's got 15 home runs and 41 RBIs. You know, and I think that's what. I think that's the kind of stat line they were hoping Gallo would give them, you know, right. the low average, but give us the home runs, give us the ribbies, you know, and 10 doubles, you know, that kind of uh, offensive production. Then you can be like, all right, you could bet 205, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. fine. If you, if you're driving in runs and playing good defensively. Yeah, that's it. I think that's all they wanted. And 
the one, I mean, the one other than uh, Matt Carpenter going crazy here and in, in the few, in the few games he's played is Trevino. I mean, he's just amazing. You know, uh, picking him up was a huge addition. Um, and I don't think they expected him to bat 309 at this point with five homers, 18 RBIs, a couple of walk-off hits. Um, I don't think the Yankees were expecting that. They were expecting to get a, a good defensive catcher, you know, um, to kind of hold the fort. And, um, you know, maybe Higgy will start hitting eventually. But uh, Trevino is basically the, the starting catcher now. And uh, I don't think they expected that. No, I mean, uh, from afar, I thought Trevino was going to be like a kind of like a John Flaherty veteran backup type of player. Yeah, but exactly. every couple yeah. of years, these guys, some you have to have a career year some sometime in your career. So this right. might be his <laughs> career year. And you guys are better off for it. I mean, was it, it looks like a great signing right now. Yeah, it's, a, it's pretty it's amazing. Great pickup. And, I, I think so. And the pitching has been great starting rotation, just the, the one hiccup with uh, Cole um, where he got, you know, <laughs> he got hammered by Minnesota. Um, but Minnesota is a pretty good offensive team. I'm not giving him yeah. an excuse at all, but that's a pretty good offensive team. That's a good lineup they got there. So, um, but, the, and here's the other thing too, with, with the, um, with the bullpen, they got three guys that are out right now right green is gone for the year so we're not going to get him back but chapman is out he should be coming back at some point and loisega should be coming back at some point so and britain has been out the whole time too right you're if we get him by the end of august maybe september that would be great so this way he could get some games in before the playoffs start and you know then he's good for the playoffs so that's three big time arms coming back at some point for the bullpen and the bullpen's been pretty good i mean uh Clay Holmes is the closer now. I don't think Chapman is getting that job when he comes back. Um, King has looked better of late. He was really good early. Then he got into a little bit of a slump. But the other guys are just, you know, just quietly doing their job and and pitching really good. And and to know that you got these guys coming back at some point is pretty amazing. And there's another guy, uh, Domingo Herman. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that name because of what he did off the field. Um, but uh, he's working to come back too. So that's a guy I would, for me, I think he's going to be more of a guy that's going to be stretched out and he might be the guy to come in to spell one of the starters when they, when they want to skip one of their starts, you know? That, that, yeah. That makes a lot of sense actually. Middle, not the middle, but the kind of dog days of summer when you need, when you want to kind of skip somebody in the rotation, somebody like Cortez or Severino just because of the innings load. Yeah. I mean, Cortez is like, I, we spoke about it. I think last week, he's never pitched over a hundred innings in the major leagues and his max, I think his most in the minors was like 117, And that was four years ago. So, you know, how is this going to translate to him now? Yeah. How is he going to be I, after 120 innings? Is he going to still be fine? Or is he going to start to wear down, you know, and uh, Severino obviously hasn't pitched in, a full season in four years. Tyone missed a lot of games last year. So a lot of these guys, you know, I, 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 I definitely think they're going to skip starts at some point because you see them like they don't like the reliever pitching more than two games in a row. Uh, right. You know, they, bet, you know, they, they rest their starters, you know, then the lineup every couple of games anyway, no matter what they do. So 
I, I could see them skipping starts eventually, but you know, maybe in another month. So, all right. So listen, let's forget about all this positive stuff about the Yankees. Let's talk about some Boston Red Sox, man, because you guys have been <laughs> on fire. So this is yeah, a, if, uh, yeah. You know, Boston has been on the road and just, I think quietly, you know, putting up some pretty good uh, series. They were, they swept Oakland last weekend. And then since we've talked last, on our last episode, they took three out of four from the Angels and uh, they were all really close games. I mean, and then they took two out of three from Seattle. And this past week, it's been one nothing, six five, one nothing, five to two, four to three, six to seven, and two to nothing. I mean, almost every game has been like a walk off type of high wire, you know, got to watch it to the very last minute. And yeah. um, it's, you know, they have today off, but um, I guess retroactively, to the ninth of this month. So that was last Thursday. Avaldi and Whitlock are on the 15-day IL. Um, How bad are their injuries? Like, well, what is... Uh, Avaldi was lower back inflammation and Whitlock was right hip inflammation. And, the, and Whitlock was limping during his last start out in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Or Anaheim or Disneyland or whatever they call themselves. Right. <laughs> like four different names, but he was, yeah, there was a foul ball and he started to limp towards it. And, um, and then Evaldi, his, his last start, he was throwing all right, but his, um, his velocity was a tick below what it normally is. And I guess the encouraging thing is Cora said that if it was the playoffs, or if it was like October, September, October, Whitlock would still be pitching. It's just one of those things where they don't want him to overcompensate with his hip and then throw his arm out. Right. So uh, 15, 15 days, it's already, what's today, the 13th. So it's already been four or five days. So it's, you know, you'll miss a couple of starts and piece it together. And yesterday, speaking of piecing it together, uh, they throw a, a one hitter up there, combined one hitter, and um, uh, the guy that came up, uh, Cutter Crawford, came up and kind of profiles is like just depth and maybe a, like a fringe back end starter. He ended up pitching, I think, five or six innings, one hit allowed. And I mean, the ZRA went from seven and a half to five, so that tells you where he's starting from, but. It's it was a good start. I mean, anytime you can you skip two out of two of your starters and two of your top starters at that, and you get wins, I think it's a positive. Um, they've left open uh, the starters for Wednesday and Thursday at home against Oakland. I know on Tuesday Pavetta's pitching, and Wednesday and Thursday it says to be determined. Um, so does Friday against St. Louis. So I hope they keep Hauk in the bullpen where he saved two out of the last three games. Um, I we talk about that in a minute, but I, I hope that they just they do what they've been doing kind of plug and play start 
starters from AAA or starters that were kind of, I don't want them yo-yo their bullpen back and forth. Yeah, I agree. That that never works. No. You know, like, um, I, I like the set roles. I like the, okay, this guy's your closer, this is your main setup guy, and then the rest, yeah. you know, the six, seven, and guys. But And, you know, I, I always joke about Boston's bullpen because it's going into the year, it was a question mark, and then Barnes got hurt, and it's even more of a question mark, and uh, closer by committee role and whatnot, but quietly they have put up some, some, some of these guys have put up some really good numbers. Austin Davis, the lefty that came over from Pittsburgh. There's another no name Pittsburgh reliever. I'm sure Yankee fans are yeah. used to hearing that with Clay Holmes, but he's, you know, Austin Davis is thrown to, I think a one and a half ERA. Wow. Um, I mean, some of these guys, I, do not pretend to know going into this year. I mean, John Schreiber, um, Austin Davis. Uh, you have you have guys that are just put quietly putting up really good numbers. Um, and you have Stram, right? Is that his name? Yeah, Matt Stram. Um, he he's another lefty comes out of the bullpen, and he's got when he's on, he's got really good stuff. It's just been about harnessing it and. Um, I mean, the thing that the one question mark I would say is the defined role of each of those relievers, whether it's going to continue to be next man up kind of, kind of this, I'm trying to put it nicely because sometimes Cora gets, gets kind of in his own head and kind of overthinks it. But I, I think that how is starting to take over that closer role. So hopefully it's not, you know, next man up and tomorrow is different than next week and whatnot as far as the roles go. But I think that sixth, seventh, and eighth inning are going to be that, for lack of a better term. They're going to be undefined. I don't think it's as, as cut and dry as the Yankees as far as this guy is this position. This guy has this role. But so far, everybody but a couple of guys, like Salamora, Valdez just got demoted, um, Hansel Robles, those two, Salamora and Robles, the ones that I'm kind of seeing squeezed out. And to be fair, I think they've earned that, <laughs> Yeah. Um, sadly. But, uh, I mean, the Red Sox, it seems like, I wouldn't say it's all positive because obviously they're still looking up. They're still, you know, they're still in fourth place. It just so happens that the division that they're in is so good that fourth place right now gets you the final, the final wildcard spot. But um, I, I, I'm just scared that these couple of pitching injuries are going to affect them in the next couple of, Probably this week it'll come back to bite them. But, I mean, so far they've been eight out of the last ten on the road. It's It's been a good ride. Um, I mean, Rob Ref Snyder yesterday, oh, <laughs> made an amazing, he might have made the catch of the Red Sox. Yep. Um, well, the, here's the one positive, I guess, when you look at it for your next two weeks, when you look at the schedule, you got Oakland. All right, you got St. Louis, very tough, but you got Detroit and you got Cleveland coming up. So 
if you could tread water during that time, you know, bring up a couple of guys that'll, you know, uh, start for, um, you know, the, the two starters. Then, yeah, I mean, between yeah, Crawford so and probably Josh Winkowski, I mean, you're looking at guys that are, that profiles like a four or five starter anyway, so. Yeah, you hope they don't so have happy. to make too many starts. That's the thing. Right, yeah, you're looking at like a couple of starts. But I mean, John Schreiber, 0.98 ERA so far this year. Wow. Uh, Austin Davis, 1.46. The rest of the guys are in the threes, and then a the, the couple they they have Strom listed as the closer, but he has three saves. Hauk has two. Robles has a couple. So this is all this is all without the big name Matt Barnes that people know. Um, I mean, it's it's not the it's not the most appealing bullpen <laughs> by names, but. They're getting the job done, and recently it's just – I mean, they're fifth in the league in ERA. That's awesome. I mean, what what else? That'll get it. That'll get the job done. Yeah. It's just – there's certain guys in there, and I'm sure that Yankee fans have this too. There's certain guys that when they come in the game, you're like, I don't know about that. (laughs) And uh, it seems like there's a couple of those in the Boston bullpen. But if, if you told me at the start of the year, though, Austin Davis, Matt Strom, Jake Diekman, Tyler Danish, John Schweiber. You told me those are the names you're going with and you're fifth in the league and on average, I would sign up. Right. Are you getting um, Matt Barnes back at all or no? Barnes is on the 15-day IL, and I think it's retroactive to – I think it was the start of, let's see. Um, of course, when I look for it, I can't find it. But I think it was um, the start of this month at the at the latest. It was, yeah, it was Wednesday the 1st. So it was retroactive to May 31st. So he should be back. There's been no real news, but he should be back. He's scheduled to be back during this homestand. And I guess the bigger news is Sale and Paxton. Right. During the road trip in Seattle, they both pitched, not during the games, obviously, but both made like uh, little side pitching sessions. And Sale might be ready to go to um, start a minor league rehab. Oh, wow. One of the coaches said that he's pretty much basically at the stage where day one walking into spring training he's like right there so maybe he gets a start in a ball this week hopefully i haven't heard anything yet but people on twitter are already starting to starting to look at look ahead to the press releases for the single a team (laughs) uh to see who's pitching this week but anytime you can get that going there's like three or four starts probably made down in A, double A, AA, and triple A, respectively. And then maybe, hopefully, after that, come back up and join the team. And Paxton throw a bullpen. So, I mean, he's probably a little behind sale, but it's it's all pretty good news as far as pitching goes. Now, you know, I also, also heard about sale is that there's a chance, they were saying that there's a chance that he could come back and be work out of the bullpen as well, right? 
Did you hear I that? Can see, I can see them giving him three starts in the minors as a starter, but not, you know, not pushing it too far and then coming, join the big league team and then starting in a high leverage situation. Like maybe give him for his first outing, give him an inning. Then his next outing, give him two innings and then put him back in the rotation. So kind of get him to the big league club faster because you don't stretch him out in the minor leagues. So you stretch him out and you save his bullets for when he's up with Boston. I, I could see that. That makes a lot of sense. Right. I, I don't, I, I just, I caution <laughs> if anyone out there is listening for the, um, that makes any decisions with the Red Sox, I caution you, <laughs> please do not move him into the closer role right away and then have Hauk go from starter to reliever to starter to reliever. You know what I mean? Right. Things are going well right now. Just, just keep it as is. And I think Sale comes back and just give him some innings and take, take your time with him. Because... Well, I think if, I think if Whitlock and Evaldi come back in a couple of weeks, let's say they come back, no problems, right? They come back two weeks and they're back in the rotation. I would think that that also that makes you say, okay, we don't have to just throw sale there. We could throw him in the bullpen and maybe not as the closer, but as a guy who's going to give you two or three innings at a time to kind of ease him back in. And then, you know, after a few weeks, then you could kind of make your decision on, okay, he looks good. Do we want to keep stretching him out and put him back in as a rotation? Or do you slot him in as your, either your main setup guy or as your closer. And if you do that, you could still put Hulk Hulk as the main setup guy. If you want, you can have, and I I said it a couple episodes ago, Hulk and sale to me, the righty lefty type of thing at the end of the game. I like that a lot. I just, I would like sale to come back sooner rather than stretch him out in the minors. I'd rather have him come back and just, just throw him in there in the sixth or seventh inning. And then, and then bring him bring him in to start a game after he after he gets his feet under him. Um, because right now their bullpen, Strom's a lefty, Davis is a lefty, Deekman is a lefty. So right there you have three. You can never have enough lefties in the bullpen, but you already have three. So I don't think you sale to me is the light at the end of the tunnel, but he's not the be all end all. If that makes any sense, he's, yeah, no, it, he's going to be he's, <laughs> it's going to be a great addition for nothing. It's you know what I mean. It's right, basically getting him before the trade deadline for yeah. nothing. But take their time with him. That's what I want them to do. And they they can now because now they're you know they're in a they're in a playoff position yeah. and they've been playing great. So it's like okay, we could take our time with him. You know, there's no sense in rushing this guy either way. And that's why I think putting him in the bullpen might be a, you know, might not be a bad idea because you could kind of ease him back in instead of letting him, okay, after three or four uh, minor league starts, it's like, okay, if he's fine down there, if he looks great, you bring him up because why keep throwing him down there? You may as well, if you, if you could stretch him out up here, you could do that too, right? Because yep. you got Rich Hill starting who gives you what, four innings at a time anyway, you could you know, piggyback him with Rich Hill or vice versa, or just bring him in out of the bullpen for the seven days and nine, you know, something like that where, um, so I, the, the big thing is with you guys, 
compared to, I think, say a month ago or even less than a month ago, like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Like you said, I think that's perfect. And then, and it's not just sale. It's, it's this team that's coming together finally. And you're finally getting this, the pitching that you didn't have the first month, maybe two months of the season. Almost yeah, and, and Bogarts and Devers and Jake yeah, Martinez are doing what they're supposed to do. Those yeah. three are all batting between 320 and 350. So I would say they're carrying their weight. And um, Christian Vasquez has quietly put up a very good year, 271. He doesn't have the power, but, um, you know, catch anytime you can get your catcher about 271, call yeah. a good game. <laughs> that's, that's just gravy. Story was hot for a while he's still at two he's batting in the 220s but he's he's playing a good second base he's driving in runs when he can and he, i mean i think he leads the team in rbis if i'm not mistaken so yes and verdugo is verdugo is a guy that i would like to see get going especially in the power numbers he's got a lot of doubles but he only has three home runs i mean the starting out, I know Kike is on the 10-day IL, and he should be coming off soon. But right now, the starting outfield combined has eight home runs. Wow. Verdugo has three, Hernandez has four, and Jackie Bradley has one. But Jack, I'll be Jackie Bradley's defender. He is batting 222 now. Right. It's not so bad. That's, that's- Yeah, that's... That, and with his glove, that's that's doable, especially with when your DH is Jaden Martinez. But um, I, I, I think they, I still think they might add a bat at yeah. the at the deadline. Definitely a corner outfielder. Um, I'm not a big fan of Frenchy Cordero. Christian Arroyo is good on the bench. You know, Ref Snyder. I don't think. Yankee fans know what Ruff Snyder is. Yeah, he's, no, he's not an everyday guy. A couple games here or there, he's filmed, yeah. he'll 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 make the plays him. that he has to, but that's about it. Yeah. That's that's not bad. But, yeah, I could see them adding another bat. That's the thing. I think a lot of these teams in the next few weeks are going to be looking for, you know, as the trade deadline gets closer, you're going to start saying, okay, because I think after, what, the first two months of the season now, now you start seeing what your team is, right, and what you yeah. – Okay. And some of those basement teams are really starting to really test the basement. Yeah. Like Oakland, Kansas City, Detroit, they're really – they're going for it not in a good way. <laughs> right. And they're going, they're, they're going to be open to trades. Definitely. And, there's, yeah, there's a bunch of teams that are going to, you know, obviously give it a couple more weeks to see if they'll, they could turn it around, and then it's going to be like, all right, we're done. I wonder – listen, as we get into the – the rest of the league, um, like, are they going to be teams that we we didn't expect to be sellers? Are they going to start to become sellers in a couple of weeks? You know, like well, the two teams that we've been talking about for a while. You've been talking about Atlanta. I've been talking about Philly, and they both are starting to get hot. Yeah, in the National League. So, I think, and look, Philly got hot, and they're still only five hundred, but. I mean, nationally, definitely. But Atlanta's is only five and a half out now. Yeah. That's with an 11-game winning streak. But, yeah, look, <laughs> I mean, that shows you where the Mets were, I mean, where they still are. But I think Sellers, it's got to be Cincinnati. It's got to be the Cubs. Yep. Arizona and Colorado, I still think they're Sellers. Miami, Washington, 
So that's a, that's a good eight teams right there. Pittsburgh, it's nine. It's nine teams in the National League that I think should be sellers. I think Miami eventually becomes it, but I don't think right away. I think they're going to wait to the very end because they're only five and a half out of a playoff spot right now, surprisingly. Yeah, but do you see them? Have they shown the ability or no. the past to <laughs> take on contracts? At the no, deadline? I don't think. Yeah, they may not be big buyers, but I don't yeah. know if they're going to be big sellers either, at least not right away. I mean, maybe if they go into a tailspin here the next couple of weeks, yeah, then they'll become big time sellers for sure. But yeah, no, I don't mean like get rid of like Jazz Chisholm. Right. No, no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a, a corner outfielder, a corner infielder, uh, yeah. a bench player that's making a couple million that they don't really need. They're going to, in the American League, I mean, the usual suspects, Oakland, Kansas City, Detroit, Baltimore, I think. I mean, Baltimore was a nice story for a while, but. Not. Yeah, they are what they are, though. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just going to be interesting to see in the central what happens between does Minnesota stay? Look, they're five and five in their last 10. So they start coming down to earth. It's Cleveland. You got to take Cleveland serious with that pitching. Yeah. They're only yeah. three games out of the division. And the White Sox, I don't know what the, what's going on with the White Sox. So the central to me is up in the air. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because you, you, uh, we keep saying it, but maybe this is, listen, the White Sox, I, I said it right before we started recording, but the White Sox are a team that needs the shakeup. You know, they're the team that needs to, if they got to fire the manager, La Russa. Yeah, they were chanting for that at the home yeah. game a couple of days ago. And it made sense because, I mean, you, you look at what he did in that, in the Dodgers series, right? I mean. Yeah. Let's get into that right now before yeah. we forget about it. Let's, um, have you ever seen something like that? I, I have not seen it, but they did say it was done before. Um, but to intentionally walk Trey Turner on a one and two count to get to Mac Muncie, you know, it's not like you're all right. You get into the pitchers, you know, the, the number eight spot, but you're getting, you're walking right. to get to Max. That, that's, that's yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I get the lefty lefty maybe, but I, I don't know. Tony the uh, kept on saying, do you know Trey Turner's average with two strikes on him against lefty? Like, really? So why didn't you walk him from the get-go? What I, I don't understand yeah. the strategy. That you were going to try to get him out before he got to two strikes? I, you know, like... <laughs> I, yeah. So it, I, it made no I sense. I mean, he's a contact hitter, so maybe he'll stay alive. And foul offs, I don't know. That's That just didn't make sense to me. That kind of... I don't know if that's desperation or if that's just Larusa kind of trying overthinking things and trying to put his stamp on the game. Maybe could be like him just saying, "You know what? I'm going to go against what everyone thinks is going to happen, and I'm going to show that my way works." And it didn't. So I think that's kind of emblematic of the season at large for them. Yeah. And to be fair, they have had some injuries. They're still dealing with some more injuries. I think Kopech got hurt. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so – but at the end of the day, everybody gets every, – yeah, everyone deals with injuries. So it's not an excuse, but it's not – it's also – it's got to be more than just a reason. It's got to be – got to overcome it. you got to get the next man to come up and produce. And 
Yeah, I, I had them as a mid ninety one team. Oh, I had them running away with that division. Yeah, you know, easily. I this really makes no sense. I mean, they're getting I think Anderson back, I believe tonight or tomorrow. So he'll be back. But still, I, there's to me, there's no excuse not to be winning games, especially in that division. I mean, listen, they they took two out of three against us at Yankee Stadium. You know, they they beat us in that doubleheader. Um, I, I don't know. I look at that team and, you know, they're, they should be much better. So I think if there's a team that needs a shakeup like Philly did with uh, Girardi, I think this is the team to do it. I think maybe you get rid of La Russa, get someone else in there, whoever it may be. Um, but uh, that's because we said it, we said it before, it, it gets late early in baseball, right? And I wonder if they would bring somebody in from the outside or just move the bench coach up a notch. Um, that's that's a possibility. Um, I don't know who's available. Like, who would they – maybe somebody from the minors, maybe from the AAA team. And I know he always gets talked about, but Bruce Bochy, would he not look at talent on this team and say, look, I know – you know, I know he's – He's he's won before. He's you know he's done everything you need to do. So it's like I know he's getting up there in age, but maybe for a half a year one. Yeah, it's possible. I, and you know what? And maybe is Larusa kind of untouchable at this point in his career? Like because I know he's very good friends with the owner. Oh, um, I forgot his name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, come to us i don't know if anyone's untouchable i really don't yeah uh, because he hasn't put in all that time with that team it's not like it's not like he's been i know he was there before but right if this was if he was still in st louis or if he was still in oakland yeah, the whole time with one team then i would say maybe yeah. but i think today's day and age with with the way the game is going i think it it's it's results. It's I think even with the ownership, you got to look at this team and say they're more talented than this. So it's either on it's it's either on the players or it's on the manager. Right now, I I would think it's more towards the manager. Right. I mean, they, trust me, they're not they're not hitting nowhere near what they should be. The players are definitely not playing up to their potential, obviously. Right. But you can't get rid of the team, right? You can't. I mean, maybe you cut someone, I mean, bring someone you up. Try my fantasy uh, <laughs> uh, profile, right? With fantasy baseball, and just you know, just keep making trades. But yeah, to your point, you can't. There's so much you could do. There's only so much you could do with the talent you have, and if on paper you have a talented team, and they're not producing, you got to shake something up. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think that's the team that needs to do something. Um, let's see what their their next their upcoming games. You got Detroit, but three at Detroit. Then you go to Houston. Then they come home to play Toronto. So that's a tough stretch yeah. after Detroit. So you know, at some point they got to think about it because, listen, if you know you, you're you're on a road trip now for six games, you come back from that road trip two and four on that road trip. That's that's not good. And you've already lost four out of your last five. Um, that's that's not good, you know. No, <laughs> it's not good for a team that's supposed to be in front in their division. There was high expectations for this team. So 
yeah, I, I definitely think there's a there's a chance that he I, I would say if, if they're not they're four games under 500. If they're not, there's got to be a certain point where if you're not at 500 by, I'd give Larissa until maybe the All Star break. Yeah, maybe you're not showing an uptick. You can't say, look, we won 10 out of our last 14 or something. Right. You know, go into the All-Star game. I know it's a month away, but going with a little bit of a winning streak, kind of maybe cut that 16 lead between you and Minnesota to like two in the next month. Yeah. Then you can, you know, you can sell it to the fans. You can tell ownership that we're starting in the right direction and all that stuff and then come out in the second half and, White Sox fans, you got to hope that they they play better and you know they get healthy. Yeah, because they're in they're in trouble. They are definitely in trouble. I mean, they're lucky they're in a division where you know Minnesota's not running away with it, even though they're playing very well. But they're not running away with it. I mean, they're only up six on them and three against Cleveland. So they're kind of lucky that they're in a division where it's not that strong. But. Um, Listen, I, I think you said it right. I think by the by the All Star break, if they're if they haven't moved the needle much here from six games, or if they've gotten less, I think they they got to make a move because it's like, you know, we're supposed to be in first place here, and we're fighting just to get into a playoff spot. At yeah, point. they're closer to fourth place than they are first. Yeah, that's not good in, in that, that division. Yeah, yeah it's sweet. not like the American League East or something, you know. And, you know, we talked about how Detroit should have been playing much better this year, or we expected them to play a little bit better at least. And they're below 500. And like you said, they're, they're closer to them than, than to Minnesota. So that's really not good. So I, I think something's got to get done. And we've seen um, the Angels fire um, Joe Madden. I, that was a kind of a shocker, even though they were, what, what they lose, 13 straight or 14 straight? I think they lost 14 in a row. Yeah. But it's um... – that, that was a little bit of a shocker. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. That came out of nowhere, but at the same time, the, the team was playing about as poorly as you could play. Um, I, I I like Joe Madden as a manager, but maybe – I hate to say his act, but maybe his whole managerial philosophy runs a little – gets tiresome after a while. Right. I mean, if you're not if you're not if you're not making it to the playoffs, what what else is there? You know, every place he's gone, he's 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 produced. He's definitely produced as a manager, but he's he, this is also the third place that he's left or been relieved of his duties. Right. So, I think they had to do something. It's it was getting to the point where. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna trade some of these trout, Tani, Rendon. You're not gonna move some of these guys. So the manager shake it up a little bit and maybe the White Sox can see what um take a page out of their playbook. But and and he really has not been good for the Angels. No. To be honest. I mean, and since I mean he won the World Series with the Cubs, but since the Angels, he's he's been below 500 for the two two years plus this year, he's been there. So he's not been that good for them. Um, right. He's 
I would hate to say, I don't think he's overperformed or underperformed. I think he's just kind of been the, a manager that, you know, maybe a little underperformed, but he definitely has not been overperforming at all because, look, they both of us have said it when we were previewing the season. They don't, they didn't have that much pitching. Um, so I guess if everyone stays healthy and they play up to their capabilities, I guess he is underperforming a little bit, but that pitching staff, I don't know if you're getting 90 wins this year with that pitching staff, especially with Syndergaard coming back off of an injury, throwing what one inning last year. Yeah. Lorenzen, uh, Sandoval. I mean, some of these names that, but surprisingly, no is still over four. But they, they, I don't think they have been the problem, the pitching, surprisingly. Yeah. I mean, really been more the, the batting has not been there. I mean, uh, Trout was kind of cold for a week or two there. And then Otani was batting at one point. Last I checked, was, he was batting 245. Yeah. He's at 255 now. Okay. And not, then uh, Rendon has been, been hurt. Back and forth. Yeah, he hasn't. He's definitely underperformed his contract. Yeah. Jared Walsh, maybe they were expecting a little bit more out of him. He's only batting 260. Uh, Stassi, the catcher, 246. So uh, they, they, yeah, I think during their run, during their losing streak, I should say, they just were not hitting well either, you know, on top of it. And maybe the pitching right. is going to start to catch up to them anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's not a good situation there. I don't think it's all Madden's fault, but at the end of the day, when, when the team is not performing well... The Bucs got to stop some. Yeah, and, and you can't change the whole team, so you got to do something. And if you if a GM, especially a GM or an owner, if they feel like, listen, there's enough talent there to win games and to be you know right there for a playoff spot or even a division in, in Chicago's case, then you got to say, listen... It's your job, you know, talking to the manager. It's the manager's job to, to get this team going, to, to get them playing well. I don't care that they're in a slump. I don't care that this guy's hurt or that guy's hurt. We gave you enough talent. We spent, you know, whatever it is in millions of dollars to give you this roster. You got to perform now, right? Mm-hmm. Our numbers, you know, the analytical team will come out and say, this guy should be batting this. This guy should be doing this. And he's not. So, you know, who are you going to blame? You got to yeah. go to the manager. I mean, the <laughs> Angels are still plus run differential for the year. Uh, I'm thinking of, yeah, I'm trying to think of, I mean, obviously you want all your players healthy. You want Rendon to be performing much better than he is, but Joe Madden, I think he wore out as welcome. And other big stories, I would say, St. Louis kind of quietly overtaking Milwaukee in the central. Yeah, Milwaukee's in a little bit of trouble Milwaukee's too. They've got a lot of injuries. Lost eight out of their last 10. I know they just won one last night, but they're two and eight in their last 10. And um, they've kind of been injuries at pitching staff, but St. Louis has only been five and five in their last 10, and they get into first place. So that's, and then the West, my favorite team, San Diego, starting to come on. But San Francisco playing well against the Dodgers this weekend. Uh, won three in a row. 
but the Dodgers are still in first place. They're still over 600 winning percentage, but they've been playing really well this year, and they have a half a game lead to show for. Yeah, that's very strange, and I think there's a chance. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but when you look at a couple of things, like with the Dodgers, Walker Buehler is going to be out at least two months. They're shutting him down, right? So he's out at they least. They did get Kershaw back, but that's, you know, Kershaw at the end of his career. Right, he's not Kershaw. Sure. I mean. But when you look at the Padres, how good they've pitched, they have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball right now. you got Musgrave pitching great. Yeah, Musgrove is, I oh, think Musgrove, he's like seven and one. Yeah, ERA mm-hmm. 1.5. Uh, you got Darvish, you got Minaya there, and you got Mackenzie Gore has been, been great as well. Yep. Nick Martinez has been solid. Blake, Blake Snell, I think, is he's not good at all. They've got nothing from Blake Snell, and they're still right half game out of first place. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many, I don't know how many more times he's going to stay in that rotation. That's yeah, why I, I think at this point you just gotta either send him to AAA and try to get him right. Or put him into the bullpen and say, look, until you can prove otherwise, you're going to be a lefty specialist. <laughs> yeah, or well, just be you're like gonna, the long guy. Yeah, I know there's no just one batter <laughs> rule anymore. But, you know, if there's an inning coming up where there's two lefties up, right. you're going to come in and that's your role for now. Yeah. I, and this is a team like, listen, the Dodgers are going to make their moves, but I think the Padres, the Padres can make a move. First of all, they're eventually going to get – they're doing, they're doing this – Without Tatis, right? Their best player. Yeah, they'll yeah. get him back. Three out. I haven't heard anything. I heard, was he starting to take swings? He was taking ground balls last time we talked. Ground balls, okay. So but something. he hasn't been cleared to swing yet. Hmm. But that's a that's a huge. Think about getting that as as a as an addition. Yeah. <laughs> you know, without yeah, adding, uh, without trading anybody. That's a pretty good addition for, for the price. Yeah, I think he's but, supposed um, to go for another CT scan to see how well he's going to be, uh, how well he's, he's healing up. But uh, so far he didn't. I'm just reading something real quick. He didn't suffer any setback, but the Padres just want to provide some additional time for him to heal before sending him for the imaging. If the CT scan produces encouraging results, Tatis could then be cleared to resume swinging a bat. To this point, the shortstop has been limited to running and fielding ground balls. So basically, they want to keep them in shape. <clears throat> and then, it, you know, as long as they're winning, they're going to not take their time with it, but they're going to make sure everything is set before they rush him out there. It absolutely makes sense to do it, right? I mean, you don't want to mess that guy up. You want him to no. come back full bore when he does. No, that's what, 12-year investment, I think? Yeah. So 10-year investment, so. Yeah, so I, I would say – just the way it sounds, I'm thinking All Star Break. After the All Star Break, we won't, you know, we'll see him because he's he's going to need a, a bunch of games, right? Because he had no spring training. Yeah. So you got to give him at least a week or two in in the minors. I would if think you give him a week. That's what five or six games, four at bats. Uh, math. It's like twenty mid twenty at bats right there. So at least a week. Yeah, at least that. So I, I would say. I would definitely say after the All Star break, maybe that's when they'll bring him back up. And 
but that's a team too to watch at the trade deadline because if their pitching holds up, then you know, all right, we don't need a pitcher, right? That's one yeah. less thing that they got to worry about. Then they could work on their their lineup. You know, maybe maybe a catcher. Maybe they'll be in the market for uh, Contreras from the Cubs. You know, that would be a very nice addition. Uh, also, here maybe Ian Happ. Yeah, with the Cubs too to be kind of packaged together, but. Happ is going to be where the Cubs. I'm trying to picture where the Cubs would be. Happ is going to be a hot commodity between if if the Padres go for him, the Yankees are going to be looking for him. Toronto is going to look for a a bat like him. Yeah. So he's going to be a hot commodity. So the Cubs are going to definitely have a nice high price tag for him now. You know. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. So and you know the Dodgers. I could see the Dodgers calling the A's right for uh, Matas. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? And then they'll get Bueller back, and then they'll. Oh, yeah, yeah. The rich. I tell you, if they're smart, I would start. Call- I don't know why they wait for the deadline. Call now and say, you know, w- what do you want from Montas? You know, or if the say we're just talking about the, the Padres, go after Ian Happ now. Don't wait until every other team is going to be calling him at the deadline. You know, like right, don't wait till the clock starts ticking. Yeah, get him now. You know what? if you could get them playing games now in June, rather than wait till the all-star break or, you know, just after, you know, get them play him now. Why not? You know? So that, that I think I I'm really looking forward to this trade deadline or as these, I think in the next couple of weeks, you're going to start hearing some, some hot rumors going around for some of these players, because, you know, like we said earlier, you know, like by now teams know what they are by now, you know, yeah. You, you know, like, all right, we're a playoff team or we can make a run for the playoffs or you're like, all right, we got no shot. You know, this yeah. is it. We're going to rebuild anyway. So let's maybe trade off for a veteran or two, bring in some more young kids and start thinking of 2023, you know. Um, so it, it's it's interesting. And here's another thing I want. I wanted to ask you this. Um, we were really excited about some of these young players coming up and mm-hmm. we, it was a lot of young kids coming up, but. Now we see like Joey Bart, Giants. He got sent down. Um, the catcher for the for the Orioles. He's Russian. struggling, yep. right? And uh, Torkelson, he's been struggling too for Detroit. Yeah. Do you think they came up too fast, or do you like what? What, what do you? What was your feelings like? I don't know if they came up too fast, but well, what's your thoughts? I think they might have come up too fast because if. If you look at it, if it was all on teams that were just struggling, if it was just Rushman or Torkelson, you could say, okay, went to a team that's struggling. He's used to winning and always being promoted and always being a big fish in whatever pond he's in. And then he gets a big league club and he's not used to, you know, losing five times a week. So that could kind of affect them and whatnot. But Joey Bart went to a veteran team, gets called up. They're winning. Things are going well. And he just didn't perform up to his capabilities. So I, I guess, I mean, Julio Rodriguez has, has played well for uh, Seattle. But, right. I mean, last year it happened with Kellenick in Seattle. He kind of got up and down, um, inconsistent results. And um, Torkelson. Uh, I guess, I hate to say it, but 
it's a mixed bag. I would say it's 50-50 results because Bobby Witt hasn't been as good as advertised, but he's been pretty good. He's been solid. He's, Julio he's Rodriguez has been well. solid. Um, he showed off some power. Um, trying to think, but two out of um, – I mean, Joe Adele for the Angels, he's been a top prospect for a year or two. And he came up, and then he got brought back down, and that was back up. So I know we're missing a bunch of guys, but well, the I'm guy from the Padres. Of, what about Mackenzie Gore? He was he's been great for them so far. The pitching, yeah, yeah. So I would say it's you know what when you're dealing with top prospects, if we just rattled off like seven or eight names and three or four of them played pretty well, that's that's about what it is, right? I think we just have to. I think fans have to come to the realization that prospects are, like you said, a lottery ticket. It's like the draft. Yeah. It's a little better than baseball draft, but it's similar to the draft because it's it's basically 50-50. I mean, and I think right now they've shown that it's pretty much right down the middle. It's a mixed bag. It's whatever cliche you want to use, but it's – I think it's way too early to I, – I'd much rather wait a little longer with a prospect. Yeah. I know I you think. don't want to keep them in AAA or keep them in AA. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're talking about, like, 21, 20 years old, mm. I, I just think that fans have gotten spoiled by Acuna, by Vlad Jr. Yeah, to come up and Tatis Jr., right away. all these great players. And you forget about the four or five that did "quote unquote" nothing when they got to the big leagues. Yeah. What I, What are your thoughts on the? On well, these I I think with, I think with the catchers like Joey Bart, uh, Rutschman, it's still a little bit early, right? He's been up only a couple of weeks, but with Joey Bart, he's a good example of. I think it was maybe too much thrown at him at first, you know, because you're all right, starting catcher for a playoff caliber team maybe he should have been the backup there maybe they should have had a veteran as the starter and have Bart as the backup because I think with the Yankees just as a quick example the Yankees when Posada first came up they had Girardi there and it was almost a split but I think Girardi played a little bit more than him in uh, 96 or not 96 um, was up 96 in 98 it was a more of a split but Girardi was still there and I think maybe that's what – maybe with the Giants, they should have had a veteran guy there. Like if Posey could have – you know, if they could have talked him into one more year, you know, squeeze that one more year out of him. And he could have kind of, you know, mentored, mentored him the first year. And then – It also helps like, when the other guy – when you complement each other as far as your skill sets. Yeah. Girardi and Posada, it seemed like – Right, Girardi was more, more yeah. known for a defensive catcher. Yeah. Sonic could bring his bat to it. He was still, he was still a pretty good defensive catcher, but yeah, I think it's skills complement each other. Yeah, I wonder maybe, I maybe it would have been too early to bring up Bart last year to kind of work with Posey throughout the season. Maybe I don't know. It's tricky because when I look at prospects, I don't. I try not to look at their age because some of these guys got drafted out of high school. Some drafted out of college so it's a mixed bag again but um, yeah Bart is what 20 he's 25 he's, already yeah he's probably mid-20s because 
you went to Georgia Tech for a couple of years. So yeah, so he maybe, might not have been rushed. It's just, you know. Yeah. I, I think they'll be fine. You know, they, they just I, to me, I think it's just a, in that in that category, maybe it would have been maybe it's a little bit for a catcher too, because you gotta remember, you're not just catching. You know, right. they, if you they, have an off day, if you and, go all for four with four strikeouts, it's it's one thing if you're playing right. the corner outfield. But when you're catching, it's you got to be on all the time because you're calling. I mean, you know, you're dealing with a pitching staff. So right. it's not like you have an off day. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that's why I think asking a kid to come up to be the starting catcher for a playoff, you know, a playoff caliber team, even going for the division is a little bit too much for him to be, you know, from day one. You know, I thought, yeah. like I said, last year, maybe bring him up in May or June, you know, for the whole uh, time and all that stuff. But bring him up in like May or June, have him work with um, with Posey, you know, and let him be the backup and see how that worked out. Or bring in a guy that's a more veteran guy to work with him this year, you know, to have him. All right. Maybe he's not the starting catcher. You know, maybe he's the backup and have the veteran as the starter. And then you ease Bart into it. This way he can see how the, the veteran works, see how it works up in the majors and all that kind of stuff. But I, it's I, tricky because with Torkelson, um, I know 2020 is a scoring year because COVID and all that. But he got drafted right after that. So in 2021, last year, was his only year in the minors. Wow. So he might have gotten rushed, but on the other end, he was in college when he got drafted, so he's already 22. Yeah, he's only 22. So, yeah, you're right. That Him in his position, I think, maybe rushed, right? He might have gotten rushed because he only had – he had over 100 at-bats in A-ball, double-A, and triple-A each yeah. spot. So that's, that's kind of quick. Right. But – um. Yeah, yeah. I, it all depends on on the player uh, and where they're going too. Because it's, I mean, like I said, with Rushman, I think you bring them up. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, and, and we were saying that the Orioles—they're not going anywhere this year. So I don't think there's the pressure like there is to me with Joey Bart coming up in San Fran. Right. You know, that you're getting, you're going right into. Okay, you're on a veteran team. They're going for the playoffs this year. You know, the, you know, the Orioles are the Orioles, you know, I'm not putting them down or anything, but at this point, you know, they're a 500 at best team, maybe not even. So there's no expectations there. So I I think that's the big difference between those two, but Torkelson, yeah, he's only 22, you know, maybe they got excited, you know, and it's also where you draft the player because if you draft them number one overall or top five, or if the guys have, 20th round draft pick, you know, one's kind of burning a hole in your pocket because he's always on top prospect rankings. Where is this guy? You know, where's the return on the investment type of conversation happening? And you can kind of get sucked into rushing somebody up, but it's tough to tell these tell owners and GMs and coaches to be patient. But yeah, no. <laughs> They don't, they don't know that word. They don't know patience. <laughs> <laughs> so 
yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I'm going to be interested to see like the next couple of weeks with the, I think with the trade deadline getting closer and closer and these teams figuring, all right, we, we know who we are now and now we know our needs as well. I think things are going to pick up a little bit sooner rather than later with the trade deadline. Yeah. So. And if Boston still has to play. With all that being said, Boston still plays Tampa Bay seven times and the Yankees seven times before the All-Star game. Wow. Um, so it's going to be definitely by the All-Star game. You're going to, at least for Boston fans, probably for Yankee fans, probably for a lot of other teams, by the All-Star game, you, you'll, you'll have a very good idea of where you stand. Hey, yeah, I mean, just this month alone, the rest of the month for the Yankees are Tampa Bay at home, then they go to Toronto, go to Tampa Bay, then they come back to play Houston, big four-game series. That's going to be probably sold out every night. Because uh, the Houston, uh, last year when, when they played Houston, I think there was limited seating because of the whole COVID restrictions. So this year, obviously, no restrictions. So I think Houston is going to hear it, especially, you know. Yes, I, I think they should. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then they play Oakland to finish out the, the month. And then they, they actually go to Houston for one game because I think this is the one game, one of the games that they have to make up for that they lost at the beginning of the year but it's starting a little later. So I think just this, the end of this month, if they could, if they could keep playing as good as they have been through this month, that'll be a lot for the Yankees. And that'll open up their already big lead in the division. It'll open it up a little bit more because they got Toronto and Tampa, Tampa, they're playing six times, Toronto three times just this month. So, and then, like you said, uh, in July, we'll, we'll see you guys uh, four games at Fenway and three games here. So yeah. very uh, big time games coming up for, for us. And how, how does the rest of your month look? Um, it's today they have off, but then Boston has got a homestand against Oakland and then three against Oakland, three against St. Louis, three against Detroit. So out of that 10 or out of that nine, excuse me, at home, I think, I think you got to win you got to hope for a sweep against Detroit and Oakland and then do what you got to do against St. Louis. So, yeah, even if you lose two out of three to St. Louis, because they're a good team, if you can sweep the other two, I mean, seven out of ten in the homestead sounds pretty good. But then after that, there's three in Cleveland, three in Toronto. Those are tough series. And then July is – July starts off pretty easy, and then it gets really tough really quick. Um, yeah, I see that. Three, in, three against the Cubs, and then um, three at home against Tampa, four at home against the Yankees, and then flip it, four on the road against Tampa, three on the road against the Yankees, then the All-Star game. So it's um, – I would say it's easy and difficult and then very difficult. Well, and, um, and we said it too with the injuries. It's good that for you guys they're happening now because exactly it happened in a month. Oof. And then in July, we'll look into it later in further episodes. But I would just say that with that Tampa Yankee two week thing, I, from Red Sox point of view, you just got to take care of business at home. If you can overplay yourself, kind of outpace your performance at home, then you can 
kind of revert back to it and you go down to Tampa and New York. So maybe in that first week is more important for the Red Sox because they're at home. So we'll see. Watch. It'll probably be the exact opposite. <laughs> hey, you know what? My thing is when, when you're – even if you're up or you're down, you can't, you can't be watching everybody else. You just got to worry about your team, how you guys Yeah, are. yeah. And, and when you're looking up at other teams, you just got to win. You just got to take care of business, especially at home. That's really and what you got to beat up on these Oakland, Detroit Cubs. You got to yeah. do just what you guys did with the Cubs. Yeah, those are games that those are wins that are just saying, "Here you go, take these." Yeah, and they're, you can't. But once you lose them, that's it. You're chasing the loss column. Yeah. So. That's so true. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting end of the you know for the rest of this month for both of us in so many ways, but. Um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully by the end of the month. If the Yankees keep, like I said, the Yankees keep playing, I don't think they are, but if they keep playing 700 ball or whatever it is now. No, that, yeah. If, the, if that happens, then you'll be happy and I'll be looking at wild card positioning. Yeah. Because if the Yankees continue to play 700 ball, the Red Sox to get up there, they'd have to play like 800 it's to true. make up any games. So it's it's ridiculous. It's if the Yankees continue to play as they are and they take care of their business, they're you guys will be just fine. Yeah. Not that at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's I I nobody had this, you know, the Yankees are at 733 winning percentage right now. Yeah. That's that's just crazy. Yankees right now, 26 and 7 at home. They have as many home losses as the A's have home wins on the season. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's that is insane. You know, I keep thinking to bring it to the Red Sox for a second. I keep thinking of the six walk-off losses that they had. Think about it, just three of them change. If you win three of those, yeah. You're in you're in you're tied with Tampa. Or you're yeah. ahead of Tampa, actually. So but got to look forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, can't change what happened in April, May, or, and what we've had already in June. So like you said, you got to look forward, take each, each series as they come, win the series, and that's all you could do at this point. You know, it's a long season. So but uh, things are getting hot right now, <laughs> for sure. And I, I got to think, before we get into trivia, I got to think, judge right now is the clear MVP. Yeah, I, I mean, as long as he stays healthy, I stay healthy, best player on the best team right now. Gotta yeah. go with it. I, I don't want to hear any Otani talk here because no, 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 no. Not this year. No, yeah, no, it can't. They can't do it, you know. Because right now Judge is just playing, he's playing out of his mind. He's, yeah. It's, it's not like you're you're saying, okay, we'll give the guy that's back 280 the MVP because he's on the best team. No. And he's not even that good at this year. No time, right. right? 255. Yeah, no, I'm saying for Judge. It's not like people are saying, no, I guess we'll give it to Judge because he's on the best team. And he just, you know, he's playing a good season. No, Judge is putting up like, anytime you're on, on a list with like Ruth and Maris and Mantle, 
yeah the yeah. usual suspects for all time seasons you're doing something right yeah and and this is the thing with him it's all about staying healthy to judge yeah he's always been capable of this a few years ago when he when um when he first came up and they gave uh, the mvp to altuve that year altuve excuse me and it should have went to judge because judge was he had better numbers up and down better than altuve so that's the other reason why they owe him one you know oh so boy <laughs> a lot if, if you look at his numbers yeah no he i think out of like 10 categories judge had him on like eight yeah i, I still don't get it but it is what it is. So I, I, I feel think like they maybe own. stolen bases. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, they did. And maybe run scored. And there was one of, yeah, it was, but it was like every other stat was to judge. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. So I, I just, for me, the, the rest of the month, or at least, at least by the All Star break, I want to, I want to see Donaldson getting gear somehow. I want to see him start to hit a little better. I mean, he's, He's only batting 235. He's got five home runs, 18 RBIs. Um, I want to see him get going. And I'm tired. I'm, I'm not saying anything about Gallo and Hicks. This is, I, I don't expect them to get anything better than <laughs> they are, even though Gallo's looked pretty good the last week. So maybe, maybe he's in gear finally. So um, other than that, you know, just, just keep rolling. You know, these pitches starting rotation is as good as, we could ever ever ask for. I mean, Garrett Cole, our ace, has the highest ERA at three point six three. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, very good. So that is that. <laughs> so we got a uh, little bit of trivia, and then um, we'll sign off. Okay. Um, we'll keep it to the Red Sox. I was thinking um, most hits in a season for the Red Sox. Give me the top ten. Most hits in a season by a Red Sox. Okay, um, a lot of them. So are it could be it, there could be multiple. Uh, uh, I think so. Right? Yeah, one guy has two. Only one has two in the top ten. He has hmm. three, so that's easy. Give you a hint. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with that guy first. Who I think that guy is. Yeah. Wade Box. Yep. He had 240. He had the most ever by a Red Sox, 240 in 1985. He had 214 in 1988, and he had 210 in 83. Okay. So that takes off 40. Uh, I'm going to work this backwards and say Ted Williams never had enough plate appearances to get that many hits. Yeah, not in the top 10. Yeah, not in the top 10, but he was probably right around 200 hits all the time. But never. He had 193 and 40. He had 194 and 49. Yeah. So, uh, let's yeah, see. Maybe had two. Um, all-time greats. Let's see. Tris Speaker. Yep. He had 222 in 1912. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that most of them are modern because the extra games when the season's expanded. Yeah, he was the only non-modern. Okay. Um, and knock out anybody who is currently on the team as well. Okay, the closest one 
to what I consider current would probably be, I'll say Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts tied for third with 214 with Wade Boggs. Okay. All right. So Boggs, Betts, Speaker. Kind of hits, hits, hits. Uh, contact. Pedroia. Yep. Uh, fifth. Oh 213 tied with two other guys. But he's up there. Were yeah, there one, ever... One or two guys I thought... I didn't think we were going to be up there. But they were there are. ever two guys in the same year? In the or is same... that too much? Yes. 2011, actually. No way. Um, the only one I can think of from 2011, if it's not Pedroia, um, Ellsbury. Yes, in 2011 he had 212, and then he got that lovely contract. Yeah, who? Yeah, and then um, what am I missing? Three names. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so I'll just. I'll just throw out three names and then let's see if I get any of these right. No more. No more had he's 10th with 209 in 1996. He's another guy that never really had a lot of, he never had many seasons where he played the maximum amount. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah, once he got it, I don't, I think that was his only, that was his only 200 hit season, too. It's tough to do. So you're missing one, two names. Okay, two. Okay, I'll just, I'll just guess greats. Uh, I'll say Jim Rice, and then I'll say Dwight Evans. Rice is one. Uh, 1978 hit 213 hits. Okay. Um, I'm not sure about Evans because he was never. I mean, he was a great player. But. Yeah, I don't know if he had 200 hits. I don't think so. No. So I'm missing one. All right. One Not bad. Nine out of ten. Yeah, no, you did good. And 2011 was the year he did it. He was the other 2011 guy. He had Definitely not Carl Crawford. <laughs> I'm he trying had, to think. 2011, maybe Eucalyptus? No. Wow. I, I was not expecting to see this guy's name up here. I'll be There's honest. no way it's the catcher. There's no way it's catcher. No. Um, no. Nope. The 2011 team. Yeah, there's no way it's Jared Saltville mocking him. I'll I'll make it easier for you. First base. <laughs> now you should get it. Oh, not not Adrian Gonzalez. Yes. Yep. Wow. The fifth most, the fifth highest hit total for the Red Sox, two hundred thirteen in twenty eleven. Looking at that team, when you had Ellsbury at two twelve that year, just loaded. 90 win team with one, two, three, three guys over 300 batting. And let's see their pitching style. But Joy had just missed it. He had 195 yeah. that year. They had Beckett, Lester, Lackey, Wakefield, Buckholtz. They had Papelbon. Oh, that's why. The rest of their bullpen. Ugh. Mm. Epstein resigned. Yeah, I mean, when you have Alfredo Aceves, Matt Albers, Dan Wheeler. Oh, yeah, I think we had, I think we had him, Alfredo Aceves. Aceves? Yeah, he was with the Yankees in 
you won a you won a title with you guys. Yep, I remember him. Win. Oh wow! Never mind. He had a really good year for for Boston in two thousand eleven. So he wasn't the reason. No. That this before we sign off, this is the perfect example of bullpens being year to year. He went for the Red Sox. He went ten and two with a two point six ERA, and then the next year he went two and ten with a five and a half. <laughs> oh God, it's like the complete opposite. That's completely opposite. And that two years before then, he wins a title with the Yankees and goes ten and one. Wow! So he's he's got a six sixty winning percentage and he's under four ERA. He's the the perfect example. Yeah, he's <laughs> totally alone. year to year. I mean, yeah, you had Papelbon closing games, but Daniel Barr. I think it was uh, it was a couple of injuries because I saw Matsuzaka was wasn't listed as a starter, and then Andrew Miller was listed as a starter for a little bit. So right, Matsuzaka only he only had. And that was the year they had like. I mean, their good players were really good statistically that year. A couple of guys batting over three hundred, but then you had. Some uh, less than stellar, right? I mean, no offense. He probably still had a decent year, but it's hard to win when you have Salto Machia, Scudero, <laughs> Carl Crawford in Boston. Those guys, you're not gonna. I, I don't know what happened. Carl Crawford is the Red Sox version of Ellsbury, I think. Yeah, I would say so. A lot of money for nothing. A lot of nothing. Yeah, a lot of nothing. That was the we lost to the Tigers in the first round, the Cardinals over the Rangers in the World Series. Thank you, Nelson Cruz. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than that, but you know, David Freeze too. But, um, so yeah, that was episode 50. We yeah. are talking rivals. We're coming up on one year anniversary next month will be one year for us and we hope you guys enjoy uh to all our listeners and you can find us at talking rivals at cp7ny at patrick patrick trotty um find us talkingrivals.com. you can find us at sportswire sportmarion.com slash uh player and wherever you get your podcasts google amazon apple all that good stuff. And um, until next week, I guess we're just looking forward to, um, you know, hopefully both teams stay healthy and uh, play well and enjoy the games. Definitely. Take care.